your office is not the best place for you to really free your mind and to open up to possibility and to create something new. And so we very intentionally take people out of their offices and into a new setting where the wind is blowing in your face and in your hair, if you have that, and being in close quarters with your team in a very different setting uh, sets the table for change. It sets the table for creating something that's new, that's visionary, and is more in line with where you actually want to be. You're listening to Real Marketing Real Fast, the only podcast that brings you unfiltered, undaunted, insider information on the latest tools and technologies for online marketers. Prepare to dive deep into marketing myths, breakthrough models, and cutting-edge strategies that will have an immediate impact on the growth of your business. And now, here's your host, marketing expert, Doug Morneau. Well, welcome back, listeners, to another episode of Real Marketing Real Fast. Today, we're going to take you in a different direction, actually in a different vehicle. My guest joining me in studio today is Terry Barkman. Now, Terry is known as the sailboat coach. Now, before you think, hey, I'm, I didn't log into this podcast listening about sailing, just hang in with me for a few minutes. So, uh, Terry's a visionary entrepreneur, he's a coach, and he's a sailing captain, and his mission is to create momentum and connection through shared outdoors. Um, so people feel empowered to impact the world in creative and meaningful ways. He was frustrated with the traditional limits of industrial coaching. So he founded the Sailboat Coaching International Company. This positioned him as a thought leader in the emerging free range coaching community. Uh, sailboat coaching uses a one week on the water to create space for learning and transformation and quality time with other visionaries. They also do uh, team building exercises that are over a couple of days. And when I first talked to Terry, he said something magical happens when a small group of, of adventurers get together, set out on a boat to explore the winds and the world together. So SCI trips encourage clients to relax, rejuvenate by talking uh, them through their ways of their busy lives. And this is kind of a sacred space that encourages deep, meaningful uh, work for yourself and, and the next steps you might take in your life. So I'd like to welcome Terry to the Real Marketing Real Fast podcast today. Well, hey, Terry, super excited to have you on the Real Marketing Real Fast podcast today. It's great to be here, Doug. I'm excited to get into it. Let's let's talk real fast. Well, well, I think the um, the downside of a podcast is after spending some time on your website and looking at all those beautiful images and then enjoying some of the videos and the testimonials from your happy clients, whether it was pulling up a bucket of or a, a net full of crabs or sitting on the beach having a picnic, I don't think a podcast is going to do what you do uh, justice. Well, thank you. Uh, I like you, I spend time looking at those pictures and dreaming of the trips that I'm about to go on, remembering the trips that we have gone on. But the great news today is that you and I get to talk about trips and team building and all the fun stuff. And uh, that's fun, too. So why don't you just share with the audience a, a bit more detail in terms of what it is that you do and, and who you help and serve? We are coaching on sailboats and our clients in the beginning were mostly personal growth, people coming as individuals and joining a team and being part of curriculums that we run for individuals. But we've pivoted now and we are focusing our energy on teams from corporations. And we are looking at C-suite, uh, really whoever is in a place where they want to take their team and uh, work on their attitude, communication, and teamwork to really clarify who they are, what they're about, and create sustainable success. 
Well, the first thing that came to mind when you said team building is, you know, in the world that I live in, in the marketing space, there's often this conflict. So you've pretty, you know, you usually have like four players at the table. You've got the CEO has this vision. You've got the finance guy that you've got to go convince to give you money to execute the CEO's, you know, vision. And then you've got sales and marketing and sales and marketing are often at odds. Um, sales complains, hey, marketing's not doing their job and marketing complains, hey, sales aren't closing the, the deals I'm sending them. So the, they don't always work together as a team. I've often seen them more often as silos. Um, so, you know, what's your experience been with not naming a client, but with teams where they have that sort of diversity of responsibility. Right. Yeah, it's true. A lot of our organizations are divided into silos and that can be quite effective. And I guess what we're talking about here is the importance of getting those silos to work together, especially the leaders of those silos to work together. And so if we can get all four of those people on the boat, the CEO, the CFO, the CMO, and representatives from sales and marketing, then suddenly, well, I mean, the expression maybe sounds cliche because we've heard it so many times, but think about it. We are all in the same boat. And when we are all actually literally in the same boat, suddenly we realize, well, these these four or five teams have to work together and they have to work together closely in order to create the result that all of us ultimately want. Yeah. And I guess nothing sets that more clear than, you know, as you're trying to set sail to a certain destination, if the CEO has got a, got a destination mind that's different than everybody else, you know, you're all in this, like you said, you're on the same boat. So you're going that down that path. Yeah. The boat has, uh, I mean, inherently sets up short feedback loops. We can tell if the things that we've asked for and communicating for are happening. We can tell how quickly they're happening. We can tell who's jumping in and being a team player and who's hanging back and waiting for somebody else to take the lead. And so a sailboat is a wonderful place to practice teamwork and also to see how your team is functioning together and where the, where the fall downs are in your communication. Well, typically, how big um, are the teams that you would, uh, you would coach in this um, setting? We would be looking at teams between four and maybe up to eight people. Eight would be a stretch. We'd have to make sure that we had the right boat. Okay. And how, and then how long, um, how long are the trips that you typically go on? Like I've looked at a number of yours, but I'm not sure what your current offering is. Right. Yeah. Let me divide that up a little bit. The personal growth trips are a week in length. Okay. The executive team building trips are typically a day and a night or two days in a night so that a company can come in, they can do it on the weekend. It doesn't take production time away from when they would be at work leading their divisions. Of course, if a company wants to come in and they do want to do a week-long trip, we are very welcome to set something up for them in a custom nature. But the one and two day offerings are the most common. Yeah. And that make that makes sense. I mean, like you said, you know, uh, they don't want to close down the whole company, take the key management team and disappear for a week and say, hey, see you guys in a week. Right. Well, they may want to, but often the bottom line, the CFO says no. <laughs> yes. So what, you know, what have been the biggest surprises for you as you, you know, if you've started this journey? I mean, let's start with the fact that you're coaching on a sailboat. So, you know, normally, you know, in a coaching situation, I'd be sitting in a stark office in a boardroom, maybe with some art on the wall. If it's a nice office, there might be a view of the harbor. But in this case, we're out, out at sea, uh, bobbing away in the sea and feeling the wind in our face. Right. Well, I mean, I guess... I don't know if it was a surprise, but, but one of our intentions in the very beginning was to take people out of their office. Coaching so often happens over the phone where the CEO is on the phone with their coach and the coach is in their own office and there's separation. 
And also there's familiar context and familiar context seems to drag us out of adaptability, out of change. When the boardroom is just down the hall and you know that you've got that deadline and you know that you've got that manager who hasn't been quite cutting it, your office is not the best place for you to really free your mind and to open up to possibility and to create something new. And so we very intentionally take people out of their offices and into a new setting where the wind is blowing in your face and in your hair, if you have that, and being in close quarters with your team in a very different setting uh, sets the table for change. It sets the table for creating something that's new, that's visionary, and is more in line with where you actually want to be. Well, I've enjoyed events like physical events that we would go to uh, more when they're in a more remote area, you know, to have something in the city, people are, are, if it's a week long, people are distracted, there's access to different restaurants and clubs and events and things you can do. So getting the team together, keeping people focused on the mission is somewhat difficult with all the distractions. And obviously you get rid of most of those because there's really no place you can go unless you want to go for a swim. Right. Yeah. I mean, a big part of what a sailboat coaching trip is, is it's a retreat. It is getting away from the office, getting away from even home and being in a new setting that's beautiful and and having the trees and the water all around you. Of course, there is swimming. You can exercise. You can sometimes we'll go on a little hike or go explore an island or something. And especially if we're going to a tropical destination, it's nice to be able to even just over lunch, grab a snorkel and jump in the water and just kind of bliss out for a little bit. I know I love doing that, dropping the anchor and throwing on the barbecue and just being in the water yeah. uh, and then coming back refreshed and restored and having more energy and more clarity to bring to the team. Right. Which is not the typical experience that I've had where if, if I'm in an office setting, it's because, okay, bathroom break, okay, coffee break, uh, stop by my office, pick up some messages, return a few emails. So that, um, I don't want to use the word Zen because I'm not really a, a touchy feely guy, but that piece that I may have uh, found in the morning session will be gone quickly as I snap back into these are all the deadlines and all the things that are pressing on my mind. And all I did was go, you know, we took a coffee break for 10 minutes. Yes. Yeah. I mean, checking your email can be like getting jumped in a blind alley. You never know what might jump out at you. And uh, as much as we develop skills to kind of suppress the stress of that and and focus our attention in other directions, on a sailboat coaching trip, we encourage people not to check their email. Maybe you use your phone to take a picture or or something, but to really minimize the distractions so you can focus in on the team, focus on you know if your team came with a particular objective that you want to create, or if you're doing a, a creative exploration for a change in direction for the company as a whole and really give that your full attention. So, you know, is there a common theme with uh, when you run these retreats? Like what are the main reasons that someone, um, you know, shows up on your boat? Well, I mean, someone in the personal growth sense would show up for our what's next curriculum where they say, uh, I know that I have a lot of options. In fact, I probably have too many options. Yeah. And I want to do some creative exploration, some guided exploration with like-minded individuals and and really come into alignment who, with who I'm going to be in the next chapter of my life. Okay. Yeah. In the executive team building setting, it's a little different. It might be something that's on your budget for every year and you go, well, what do we want to talk about this year on our Silva coaching retreat? It might be something has really gone sideways in your company and you go, well, we have to adjust to this. Uh, and the best way to move forward is to come up with a really clear answer right now. And so we want to take some time away and get clear on where we're going next before we drive the team forward. Or it could be a creative shift within the company and they're going, well, 
you know, this is working, but what would be better? It feels like we're missing something and let's distill what that is and find a solution around it. So, you know, I would imagine, yeah, just based on my experience going to what I'd say are more intimate or smaller events. We went to an event in the Philippines in Cebu, and it was obviously a very small event. There was 50 people, um, which is obviously a lot more than the boat. But what I noticed was a lot of those people I developed deep relationships with because we spent a week together, which is a lot different than spending an afternoon or a couple of days together in a conference center with 2,500 other people. Yes, sailboat coaching trips are intimate in that sense, where you really are spending close time together, you're cooking together, you're eating together. And if you don't already know how to sail, you are learning how to sail together and and do that as a team, which is different from the things that you do as a team every day at the office. And people do form deep, deep relationships. And not only deep relationships with each other, but deep relationships to who they are individually. I had a client tell us recently, they said, I grew more in this week on the boat than I did in the previous decade of my life, you know, reading and searching and, and doing all of that. Wow. Well, I mean, I noticed that, you know, the world seems to, I speak of my life, it seems so busy, like we're running around with our hair on fire and and then wonder why we're having trouble with, you know, developing relationships with, with our team or being able to focus or having creativity because you're, you know, you're always in this, you know, go, go, go mode. And this gives you obviously a chance to slow down. I mean, we're not talking, like you said, you're not talking a week, you're talking a few days or maybe a week just to get away, change gears, but also to see people in a different light. I remember once I had gone to a political event that I, with a candidate I was helping, then I showed up and on a, a Sunday afternoon, I showed up, but I was in my scouting gear because my son was in scouts and they're going like, I've never seen you like that. And so that's when I first figured out that, you know, people need to see you in different environments. So they see the guy in the suit all the time, which is a lot different look than the t-shirt, a ball cap, hiking boots, and, and, and quite frankly, a bit stinky and dirty. Yes. I think there's tremendous value in seeing each other. You could call it out of context, but I would say in a different context. Okay. Uh, tremendous value in saying, well, th this is who we are when we show up in athletic gear. This is who we are when we are maybe a little bit closer to the edge of our comfort zone than we are at the office. And I feel like there's value in a little bit of vulnerability that comes from showing somebody another side of yourself. And also it can be fun to say, oh, well, who are we in a different context? Who are we if we try to make this boat go a little faster? And uh, also what's for dinner tonight? I'm getting hungry. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, we, I mean, we've had the we've had the opportunity to spend some time. Uh, I've got friends. I've got quite a nice boat, and so we'd often um, uh, meet them, um, hop on the boat, uh, head down to Coal Harbor, stop in the harbor, pick up a couple of bottles of wine, sit out there, have some wine, a cigar. But we've dropped the crab nets in Belcare on the way out, pick them up on the way back, and then anchor in um, one of the coves there and have a bottle of wine and uh, some fresh crab and steaks. Yeah, I mean, this being sort of the Vancouver sailing area is absolutely world class. I love bringing people into our backyard and sharing some of the spots that I know that you've been. Montague Harbor is a wonderful place to have a barbecue, pick up some crab and a bottle of wine. Uh, there's some isolated spits where they maybe don't have a name, but we know where they are and you can get in there and, and really get some solitude and have space for just you and the people on your boat to do a hike or to go for a swim. And and there's places around the world, too, that are wonderful to sail. I love getting down to the British Virgin Islands and, and sharing what seems to be my second home with people there. That's really cool. 
So for people who are listening and saying, okay, you know, you know, we're living now as we're recording this podcast in a time of extreme chaos, probably more chaos than than most of us have ever experienced on a global basis for our business. If you were to give me some advice and say the best way that you could take advantage of what I do, what would that be? As relating to COVID? So it was relating to, you know, running a company at this time and relating to COVID or the, you know, the last financial meltdown. So you've got a team, you've got a company, you know, you've been blindsided, you've got to make some key decisions. So, you know, um, I, I, you know, I would like to think that the better prepared I am coming into your environment and, and knowing some of the expectations, the better result I'm going to get. Now, maybe I'm totally wrong. Um, so feel free to push back. So uh, I'll turn it to you. Right. Yeah. I mean, I feel like there's maybe three different questions in there. Uh, and let me see if I can organize myself to answer each of them. First of all, if you're preparing to come on a trip, we do not need you to be a sailing expert. In fact, if you've never sailed before, that's okay, because we have the sailing expertise to sail the boat. We're happy to teach. Having said that, if you want to go grab a sailing book uh, beforehand or take some classes, uh, there are places that I could recommend. And honestly, heart preparation and and mental preparation are more important than sailing skills. We do focus our curriculum around attitude, communication, and teamwork, uh, which are very much at the soft skills end of things. The hard skills of sailing are well important, not in the top three. So, you know, with that in mind, so what does that look like to get your, like you said, get your head in the right space? Great question. I think the best place to be before you come out on a sailboat coaching trip is already working with a coach, whether that's one of us or whether you already have a coach that you're working with. Uh, I feel like being coached keeps you sharp, it keeps you focused, uh, and it sets you up for the breakthrough that we would love to have you have on our trip. And then in terms of, you know, when um, you've got that sad part of the trip, when you're pulling back into the harbor. Oh, you're just breaking my heart here, Doug. <laughs> well, we eventually need to get there. Does this trip uh, have to end though? Can't yeah, this be it, the one that goes on forever? End? Yeah. I mean, I remember my, I, I shared with you before we got recording. I remember when we took our first trip to Bora Bora and we had, my wife had rented this beautiful house that was um, owned by the Four Seasons. And my daughter said, how come we haven't always come here? Right. I said, well, when you're a little bit older, I'll explain that to you. But there's reasons why we haven't always gone there. We don't always go there. But I mean, at, at the end of that, I mean, we had to get back on a plane and head head home. But in your case, I mean, this is tends to be more personal growth, team building focus than just pure leisure. What, you know, when people leave, are they taking away some homework? Or are they taking away an action list? Are they taking away a reading list? Like, what would it look like as I as I say goodbye to the crew and, and walk down the, walk down the dock? Right. Yeah. I mean, that what you take away from the trip ends up being very personal and very subjective to who you are when you came on the trip and the changes that you made. But a reading list could be one of the things that you take away. I read prolifically as well as some of our other leaders are active readers. And so if it's a book list you're looking for, I've got a, a long list in my library. Uh, some people decide, okay, this is where I get serious. This is where I sign up for weekly coaching for the first time. Uh, and so for them, that's the homework that they want to take on Okay, is working with a coach actively and getting really clear on where they want to be at in life. Uh, for some people, it's a matter of taking some of the basic lessons of attitude, communication and teamwork and saying, well, this is how we are applying it on the boat. And we've kind of talked through what that's going to look like when we get back to the office. And let's commit to each other that we're going to hold true to that, that we're actually going to be at the office who we were on the boat together. 
Have there been any certain direction that clients have taken that have caught you by surprise? I'm not asking, I'm not looking for dirty laundry, but I'm just, I'm, what I'm asking is, you know, you, you've been doing this for a while. You have lots of experience doing this, lots of happy people, but I'm assuming that people show up for a variety of different reasons. And so I'm just asking, you know, there's someone that's um, showing you a different area where they want to improve that you haven't expected. Yes. Having said that, I'm not coming up with a clear example right now. Okay. No, no worries. I'm just going to think through. I mean, because, you know, you probably can gather by my questions I'm looking for. Okay. So what's the action list going to be when we go in here? What are what are the goals and objectives? Um, you know, who's going to, you know, what's the feedback? You know, where's the innovation going to come from? What's our list when we leave? And so that's, you know, often or most often my personality style, but I'm assuming that, you know, not, I know that not everyone's like, me. I've gone through and I've done, you know, the the disc and 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 the different programs, the PSI. And I very quickly learned that my personality style is different, quite different than others. And I have a different view of those people and they have a different view of me. So what I did learn in that coaching session was to appreciate and understand why people did what they did in certain situations. So when this type of person's under stress, this is how they react doesn't mean they're weak. That just means how they react. Right. Uh, when I'm under stress, I act, react a certain way and people say, hey, you know, you're, you're, you're arrogant. You're just charging ahead. It's like, well, someone's got to lead the pack. Everyone's hiding. So, you know, I found by getting in those settings that it was a discovery of how other people think and, and work. Yes. Yeah. And that's absolutely right. And actually, now that you've been talking about you, I'm thinking about the ways that you and I are similar. And it reminds me of somebody who came on the boat who was very different from me and uh, different in ways that I wasn't expecting, that I wasn't quite ready for. You and I show up most of the time in what we call uh, at SCI, a posture of leadership. It's engaging. It is forward thinking. It is action focused. And you and I are people who take initiative. We get into learning. We finish the book list. There's a, there's a checklist. There's a clear goal. And I have had somebody come on the trip where it's, it felt almost like they were along for the ride. Not that they weren't part of the experience, but they were part of the experience in a very different way than you and I, who are action-focused, would have expected. And so, yeah, that has certainly happened, and it gives me a chance to adapt and go, well, how can I meet this person where they are, and how can I make sure that it's, it's not the experience that I would want necessarily, but it's the best experience that they want, and we can still provide that. Well, and that's what's really cool. I mean, it's, you know, if everyone was like us, the, the world wouldn't work. So it's great that, you know, they can find an area and experience that suits them, suits their personality style, and that helps them with whatever it is they're looking to, you know, I mean, they're there for a reason. Um, maybe, like you said, maybe they're there for the ride or just the great food, um, but not likely. Right. Yeah. I would say that a person still ended up having a life-changing experience. It did give me a chance to adjust and go, oh, right. Yeah. They're, they're wanting a different kind of change than I would be showing up for. Uh, and that was good. So in terms of your business, not your process, but your marketing, I mean, I've never met someone who coaches on a sailboat. I've certainly seen cruise ships and different events that are held in exotic locations, but they tend to be again, larger setting. How do you come up with the idea? Great question. Really? If we want to take it back, sailboat coaching, is rooted in my experience at a wilderness camp when I was 19 and blonde. And if you would ask me at the time, Doug, I would have said, I just love taking people outdoors and going ice climbing and telemark skiing and mountain biking with them and, and being sort of a guide. 
But it didn't clue into me until a couple of years later after I left the wilderness camp that what I was really doing is I was coaching people. I was giving them tools. I was giving them training and I was holding the rope for them so that if they fell, it wouldn't be very far. And, and so I had that wisdom inside of me and I was at a place in life where I knew I had a lot of options and I didn't know what I wanted to do next. And my coach asked me, what would you be doing if you could be doing anything? And I just blurted out, I would be coaching on a sailboat. That's really cool. I mean, and, and there's, you know, there's for our listeners, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. If that's your, if that's your passion, why not combine a passion with, with a skill and make it a business? Right. Yeah. And so now all we have to do is learn how to market the thing. I'm sure you're... I'm, I'm sure you're doing fine in, in that area. I mean, I, the reason I'm asking is because it's because it's unique. And lots of times the conversations I have with with potential clients is, well, what sets you aside from your competition? And the most common answer I get is, well, we provide better service. I'm going, OK, so you don't know because um, <laughs> better service isn't the right answer. Clearly what you're doing, you are doing something very unique. So I think that obviously gives you an advantage to stand out. And now... Did I hear you say that you guys do coaching in addition? So you don't have to do just sailboat coaching. There's there's coaching you can do either before or after with you and your coaches. That's right. Yes, we do do individual coaching, which is very similar to, in some ways, the the standard executive coaching model. Uh, and honestly, during COVID right now, that is a bigger focus for us than it would be when we were out focusing on our sailboat coaching trips. And what would you advise people that uh, want to look into, you know, kind of what you're doing and see if this is a good fit? I mean, because I think you clearly said, hey, you don't have to be uh, you don't have to be experienced sailing. Now, I've only been sailing twice. Only once did someone let me take the helm. Much to my wife's, she, she, she didn't have a great experience. I wanted to see how far could we lean the boat while she was in the head, which clearly was a bad idea. Seen funny at the time. So, you know, you don't have to have um, sailing experience. You can if you want. Where would they start the exploration? Say, hey, is this, a, is this a fit for me? Is this something I should do individually to find out where I want to go? Um, or is this something I should do for my team? Right. Yeah, we're happy to talk to people who are thinking about getting out on a personal growth trip or an executive team building trip. The best place to start is our website, sailboatcoachinginternational.com. And if you like what you see there, we would love to have a follow-up conversation with you. So what's the engagement look like when you start that process? So I'm not, I don't want to get too deep into the, you know, the exact details, but in terms of someone who's going to start working with you, so they go in and take a look and say, hey, this makes sense. They have a conversation. Do you find that most of the clients typically will um, stay on coaching after or, you know, like you said, or, or a lot of them already have existing coaches? I would say less than half already have existing coaches, which is always surprising to me. I feel like if you want to be the best version of yourself that you can be, if you want to excel, if you want to win at life, you should have a coach. Uh, and it's great when people do, but I feel like there are, yeah, there, there are people who are underselling their potential because they don't have one yet. So for people who don't have a coach, what tips might you give them um, as they're starting down this road to start looking and investigating, you know, how to hire a coach and why to hire a coach? Personal fit is the most important, but some of the key uh, let's just stop there can... just for a sec. So let's just let's answer that first. So what does personal fit mean to, to those of us who might not know? You want to have a coach that, I mean, that you feel comfortable with. You want to have a coach that you trust. You want to feel like they're listening to you and seeing you and understanding what you're talking about. That doesn't mean that they have to be an expert in what you're an expert in. In fact, invariably they won't be, but they can ask you the kind of questions that will unlock you and that will bring out your fullest potential. 
Okay. Now, now you can carry on. I just wanted to make sure we didn't just skim over what personal fit looks like. Thank you for clarifying. Some of the easy points that you could put on your checklist when you're looking for a coach are, where do they take their coach training? Did they go to a year-long coach program, as I would recommend, or did they take one of those weekend warrior workshops where it's kind of like everybody gets a certificate? Are they a member of the ICF, the International Coach Federation? Uh, these are some of the ways that you can distill out if you're if the coach that you're looking at is serious at coaching, if that's something that they've really committed to learning their craft at. Uh, and look at the testimonials. Look at the kinds of things that people are saying and, and ask yourself, is that the kind of coaching that I want? Right. Yep. They may they may be the best relationship coach in the world, but if you're not looking for relationship coaching, then obviously that's uh, not a great fit. Nope. I mean that makes sense. Um, the other thing I've often asked is, do you have a coach? Which for listeners may sound silly, but you know I've found that the 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 best coaches, just like the best athletes and the best business leaders, they all have coaches and some have several right. opposed to, Hey, no, I don't need a coach. It's like, yeah. You know, I remember a guy pitching me once to manage my financial portfolio. And, um, I said, so where do you make your money? He said, investment real estate. Right. Which is nothing wrong with investment real estate, but he wasn't there pitching me investment real estate. He was pitching me something else. So this is what I do for me, but this is what I'm going to recommend for you. So that just isn't congruent. So that obviously is a, a not a fit and not moving forward. Yeah, I had a similar experience with somebody the other day who said that that I should not do one-on-one -on -one calls with potential clients, that I should do something more efficient and more electronic, and that I should do everything in click funnel marketing because one-on-one -on -one calls just weren't efficient. Uh, and the silly thing is that he said this to me while we were on a one-on-one -on -one call. <laughs> so, That's funny. You, you, you just sold yourself. Uh, you just sold yourself down the river. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, I'm not going to comment on that. I get lots of I get lots of different feedback on the stuff that I do, and especially especially now in the email space, where email doesn't work. I said, so are you kind of wishing you had a list now that you could uh, market to? Right. Yeah. So the conversation has changed. So, what's the bad advice that you hear? So I'm not asking you to name names, but you know the reality is, as a professional in any industry, there's 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 people out there with the wrong information. Uh, freely giving um, the wrong advice to people. So what's the bad advice that people should stay away from? One thing that we hear commonly, at least inside of the coaching world, is that that you want to sort of pick a silo. If we go back to our relationship coach example, and people go, well, what do you coach? I coach people in relationships. Well, is that coaching or is that consulting? Are you just telling them how to do their relationships? Because that's fine. But it isn't actually coaching. Coaching is explorative. And, and coaching actually makes the client the expert in their own life. And so I've done a little bit of consulting, but I try to be clear with my clients while I make a clear point of being clear with my clients that, that coaching is coaching and consulting is consulting. So you just want to expand on that definition just so there's no confusion to anyone that's listening? Yes. Consulting is, I mean, and I'm going to make it I'm going make to make it, as it simple so, as possible. so simple it might be cartoon-like. <laughs> That's fine. But consulting is telling people what to do. And coaching is asking questions and letting the client find their own answer. Okay. That's a, that's a great description. I've experienced both. I've experienced good coaching and I've experienced bad coaching, just like I've experienced good, you know, consultants and bad consultants. So, um, yeah. So good to know that what the difference is. So if your expectation is you want someone to give you advice, then you're not looking for a coach is what you're saying. That's exactly right. Yeah. Now, you might be talking to somebody who's capable of doing both. 
Right. Uh, but be clear in what you're asking for uh, and also be clear on whether or not you're getting it. Yeah. I mean, I guess on your trips, there's going to be a little bit of um, consulting as you're teaching people how to sail. You're telling them what to do because you don't want to dump them in the water. Yeah, we we do sail training, um, yeah. which is not technically speaking coaching, but there's coaching buried inside of the sail training. Yeah. It's embedded. That's really cool. So who's one guest you think I absolutely have to have on my podcast? Great question. I would say Francesca Anastasi, although I think you've already had her. I would say Rod Jans, although you've already had him. Uh, have you had Jennifer Hensel? I have not. Uh, I can introduce you. Well, that would be amazing. Super good. Hey, I just want to say thanks for taking time today. I mean, uh, we live in a beautiful part of the world, so I'm looking out my window and I know how nice it is. Um, you've got, it looks like you've got an ocean view. Yeah, I do love looking at the ocean. Now, how do you want people to connect with you? The best place to find us is through our website. All of our stuff is there. And that is sailboatcoachinginternational.com. Super good. When do you think you guys will be back out to sea? Uh, just as soon as this uh, travel ban is over. No, right good. now we're in planning stages. We are in building stages. We're in connecting stages. Uh, and I'm excited to roll out some of the new programs that we've been tinkering with just as soon as the travel ban lifts. Sounds good. I just want to say thanks. I really appreciate you taking time today and just uh, and just sharing what you're doing. I think it's really cool. And it's nice to see that you've got this total, in my opinion, and he has a marketing guy's totally unique approach, changing the environment, like totally changing the environment, not just physically um, moving to um, a remote location, but actually traveling as you're coaching. That's really cool. Well, thank you, Doug. It has been a pleasure to talk to you. Uh, and I just love the way you draw things out and, and clarify them. This has been a lot of fun. So there you go, listeners. There's another episode of Real Marketing Real Fast. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. I've been a little bit quieter today as I've been looking at these beautiful pictures on Terry's website of the places that he goes. And um, I just can hardly wait to have the opportunity to, to get on a sailboat with him. I'd highly encourage you to take a look at his website. Uh, there's uh, lots of uh, information there. There's some testimonials there of people who have done this. I think in the, the world, the way it is, um, we need to do things a little bit different. We need to find some quiet space in our days and our weeks. And uh, no matter how hard I try, I can't do that while I'm working at home or working in a boardroom. I need to get out. And for me, it's usually getting out in nature. So to so say thanks for uh, listening. If you've got some questions for Terry, we'll make sure that all of his connections are transcribed and posted on the website. So thanks for listening. We look forward to serving you on our next episode. That's all for this episode of Real Marketing Real Fast. Now it's time to take your marketing to the next level by visiting DougMorneau.com and downloading our advanced marketing white papers as well as exclusive resources based on today's episode. That's DougMorneau.com. Until next time, we look forward to serving you right here on Real Marketing Real Fast.